You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Tori Dunlap on the show. She is the founder of Her First 100K. And I'm not going to go too much into it because it's a very descriptive business name. And that's a lot of what we want to talk about today. So Tori, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I am trying to remember how I first came across your Instagram. But once I did, I just loved your voice. I love that you had really clear goals and that you had a really clear point of view. Obviously, one of your goals was that you decided to save $100,000, which you did by the time you were 25. Congrats to you. That is a crazy goal. It's even more amazing that you achieved it. And I want to hear a little bit more about where that goal came from. Yeah, thanks. It was an amazing amazing feat for me. And I feel very excited that I was able to not only set my goal, but hit it. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how we first connected too. But yeah, I always say I'm way cooler on Instagram than I am in real life. Aren't we all? Yeah. So her first 100K was inspired by my journey to save 100K at 25. And I kind of started that journey really young. I was privileged enough to have a really good financial education growing up for my parents and graduated college and thought that was the norm and realized very quickly, of course, that it's not. And especially not for women. Women are not getting the financial advice they need to not only make money and earn money, but learn how to grow their money and invest and build wealth in that way. So yeah, I I had read an article when I was probably 21 or 22 about somebody who had done something similar. I believe the article I read was net worth, 100K net worth at 25. And I thought, well, I might be able to do one better and actually save 100K by 25, save and invest 100K. The joke was always, as long as I could do it the day before that I turned 26, it still counted. But I ended up doing it just a couple months after I turned 25. And yeah, it was an absolutely crazy goal that I set for myself and completely arbitrary. I like no one forced me to set it. But yeah, to end up not only hitting it, but building an entire brand around it has just been the coolest experience. Yeah. And so much of the way that you approach kind of financial health and financial wellness is about people really understanding what's important to them and going after that. I'd love for you to share some of the things that for you are important when it comes to your finances. We always have places where we're okay with scrimping a little bit and places where we like to splurge a little bit more. What do those look like for you? Yeah. So in my coaching and my workshops, I talk about value categories. So what you want to do is you want to identify the three areas in your life where you want the majority of your discretionary income to go. And it's the three areas in your life where you get the most joy and you get the best return on investment for your money, right? So if I spend money on this thing, it's going to bring me the most fulfillment as opposed to spending my money elsewhere. So this is what I do with my clients is I have them identify those three value categories. Mine, for instance, are travel, food out, and nesting. I like making my apartment look real cute. I buy plants. I buy throw pillows. I buy candles. Like TJ Maxx loves me. So those are the three things or the three areas that I spend the majority of my discretionary money. I don't spend money really on coffee or clothes or makeup or even like 
really good quality organic groceries. Maybe I should, but these are all areas in other people's lives that might be important to them. So I always tell people that you don't have to stop spending money. You just need to stop spending money on shit you don't care about. And so if you're spending money either out of boredom or laziness or because you feel FOMO and you are trying to create a life that maybe looks great online or or you know, trying to keep up with friends, but you could either be saving that money or spending it in an area that actually brings you more joy. That's really how we change your financial life. So yeah, identifying the things that you want to spend money on and then leaving the other stuff behind. I love that. And for you, how did you start to notice the places where you were getting that ROI? Obviously not just because you're you're spending money. Right. So it's not necessarily the typical return on investment. But how did you realize these are the things that give me joy? Yeah, I mean... I think it was just being really mindful of my spending and mindful of how certain purchases made me feel. So I am a huge foodie. Food is very important in my life. And in in addition to having a really good meal, I love going out with people I care about. So for me, that like does double duty of I get to have a really good meal and I also get to, you know, hang out with friends or see family and and have a really good conversation and spend quality time with somebody over that meal. So that for me is great. Travel, obviously, same sort of thing. Like I'm getting to experience something that is completely outside of my normal everyday life. And I'm hopefully either doing it by myself and just having that really incredible experience or doing it with people I love. And then like for my house, right? My apartment, I spend quite a lot of time here. I definitely pay a lot in rent. And so I may as well make it as cozy and comfortable as possible so that I'm getting my money's worth. (laughs) So yeah, those are the three things that I just realized over time that... Yeah, I do buy clothes and I buy makeup and I buy the occasional coffee. But for me, those are not areas that I condone a splurge for myself. And it's going to be completely different for you or it's going to be completely different for the person listening. But you really want to identify and figure out what works for you. I really love that. That's something that we're trying to focus a lot on this podcast is really allowing people to become a student of themselves. And so I love this idea of just starting to be aware of the different ways that you're spending your money. And if there are any feelings, positive or negative associated with it, that seems like a really easy takeaway that people can start to do. What are some places where people could start to become students of themselves and their finances, whether that's a certain tool that you think people should start to use or a practice that people could do to start to understand their spending a little bit more? How can people start to do the work? So I literally have a section on my website that's just like my favorite money tool. So I'll send that to you if you want to link it in the show notes. The first thing that you want to do in your financial life is identify where your money's going and identify your cash flow. You can't even make a budget right until you know where your money's coming in and where it's going out. So. One of the top questions I get is like, I get to the end of the month, I don't know where all my money went. How do I stop doing this? (laughs) And that's around the three value categories, right? Of like not spending money on things that are important to you or just not figuring out where your money's going. Because again, we can't make any sort of decisions. We can't set any goals until we get the lay of the land. So I have people money diary. And this is a concept that's not necessarily new. Uh, Refinery29 made it pretty famous. They do these weekly money diaries that are anonymous from people. But basically, the gist of it is you're writing down everything you spend money on for a period of time. And I recommend at least two weeks, preferably a month, 
because then you're really seeing what your habits are and where your money's going. But I created a product around this called the Cash Calendar, and it's a way for you to log all your purchases for a month. And it's basically, yeah, it's a journal or a diary. So I'm asking you reflective questions and walking you through that. But you can do this on your own too, of course. In addition to writing down like how much you spent on something, so I went to Starbucks and I bought a $4 mocha, you're going to do two things in addition to that. And these two are the really transformational things is you're going to say why you made the purchase and how it made you feel. Mm -hmm. And in this way, we're really seeing like, what was the motivation behind this? Was this a thoughtful purchase or was this just, you know, again, out of convenience? And then how did I feel making this purchase? What benefit did it have in my life? And the key to this entire practice as you're going through this for you know the two weeks or three weeks or a month is to really do it without judgment. You're simply an anthropologist looking at yourself and going, oh, interesting. She bought that pair of shoes she didn't need and didn't want because she had a terrible day at work. Interesting, right? And you're just doing that. And then you get to the end of the month and then you start reviewing your purchases from the lens of those value categories. How many of my purchases aligned with my values, right? So how many of these things that I bought or these experiences that I had, how many of them align with what I really care about and what I really want my life to look like? And then we can start making a budget. Then we can start allocating where our money should be or or creating financial goals once we figure out where our money's going. This is such great insight and so actionable. I'm thinking about... I feel like I'm pretty good at budgeting, but I've never done a money diary. And I'm like, I should probably do that because they're... I still do them. Yeah. Really? I do them. Oh, yeah. I do them whenever I feel like I'm a little off kilter or like where I my spending is getting a little out of control. So yeah, it's probably great to do it. I don't know when this will air, but we're December, right? We're in the holidays. It's a perfect time to do it, not only during the holidays, but during New Year's resolution time of just figuring out, yeah, where is my money going? And how can I be using it as a tool to better my life? So yeah, I still do it all the time when I when I kind of need a reset. I'm going to start implementing that because I, I think there are just times, especially certain places, like they have my card on file. It doesn't even feel like I spent money, but like that money did leave my bank account. So things like that, if I'm writing it down, I think it would definitely make a difference for me personally around the mindfulness. So that's something I'm going to take for myself. And I hope that some of the listeners will implement that as well. Before I give you a chance to tell people where they connect with you, I would love to just do a quick lightning round for you. Three questions. So the first question is, what is something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? Oh, I mean, I just took the leap into full-time entrepreneurship just about a month ago. So I'm still pretty green. I've built my business over three years on the side of working a full-time job in marketing. And so I'm really learning how to set a schedule for myself, how to just work through what it means to be a full-time entrepreneur. So that's something that I'm learning. I was going to say every day, but really every hour of every day of how, you know, how to follow my energy and how to prioritize my time. And yeah, it's been a really, really amazing journey so far. And I'm riding the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. Yeah, congrats to you. It's definitely the whole scheduling for yourself thing has probably been my biggest struggle is just you feel like I'll speak for myself. I feel like I have this blank slate. And then there are days where I'm not intentional about my scheduling where I'm like, I did things and I don't know where my day went. And I still feel like I have a million more things to do. Sounds like today. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like what happened today. Yeah. So my second question for you is what is something that you 
have unlearned recently or something that you're in the process of unlearning? Stability. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of the side, the, you know, the sister to the first question, the sister answer, but I am like the queen of stability. I love having a stable income. I love routine. I love all of that. And none of entrepreneurship is routine or stable. <laughs> so I'm having to coach myself through that. I'm having to realize what my tendencies are and what I feel like I can take risks on and what I feel like I can't. And yeah, it's unlearning the mindset I've had for so long around, yeah, what's going to work for me. So the biggest risk I've ever taken is going full-time entrepreneur, but I, I know in my gut that this is the right decision. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And the last question for you is, what's an area where you've grown that you're proud of? I used to be, I think, a really judgmental person. I grew up in an environment that was very black and white. It was, if you do this or if you behave in this way, you're this kind of person. And as I've grown up and as I've matured and, and kind of come into adulthood, I've realized that people are way more multidimensional than that. And that just because someone's life choices might be different than mine doesn't mean that they're wrong or doesn't mean that they're bad or... Yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest things I have learned and are continuing to learn about myself is, yeah, to be to be open to possibilities and open to ways of life and ways of looking at things that are different from me. And that's not a bad thing. That is so good. And I resonate with that a lot. I definitely were, was in pretty restrictive environments growing up and not to say that I had a bad childhood by any means, but right, me neither. definitely this like, this is the way to do things. This is the only right path. And it's been really over the past few years that I've started to work through some of that. And it, it does make you realize, oh man, I was judging people for a, a, I mean, at this point, the majority of my life. Right. Right. Yeah. I had, I had a very similar experience to that. So yeah, I think it's just, again, all of this is mindfulness of just like realizing you're doing it is the first step and then figuring out like, okay, if I am not interested in being that person and not interested in having those thoughts anymore, what am I going to change? Like, how am I going to alter alter this in order to be a more compassionate human being? That is so great. And that's kind of a theme around what we were talking about with money and even talking about the growth of becoming a less judgmental person, being aware of your habits, being aware of the why behind why you're doing things is really the place to start. Yeah, I think so too. Well, thank you, Tori, so much for being on the podcast. Where can people keep in touch with you? Yeah, so you can find me at herfirst100k.com, H-E-R-F-I-R-S-T, 100k.com. And you can also find me at herfirst100k on all the socials. Like I said, Instagram is where I primarily hang out. I'm talking about money as well as things like fried chicken and my obsession with John Mulaney and Timothy Chalamet. So come <laughs> say hi and uh, ask me any burning money questions you have. And yeah, it's just my favorite place to hang out. And I'm always so honored to to talk with people about this potentially really vulnerable topic. So yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world and honored to do it every day. Well, thank you again. And everyone, I can speak from experience. Connecting with her on Instagram, you will be motivated. So go ahead and do it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com. <laughs>